<clears throat> Hare Krishna, my dear devotees. Welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books right here in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just near the English Channel, uh, where we've established a little BBT enclave. Myself, Rasikishirmani Prabhu, and Abhaya Dos um, trying to uh, produce uh, the transcendental sound that Srila Prabhupada uh, called his spoken kirtan. Uh, this spoken kirtan is so powerful to read Srila Prabhupada's books verbatim out loud, cover to cover. Uh, is the best way to serve Srila Prabhupada uh, and satisfy his, fulfill his desires. Because um, he wanted these books to go out um, to every town and village, to everywhere, and we're trying to do our little, our little bit. Hare Krishna. Um, welcome to all of you who are new. Uh, we hope you're hale and hearty and happy. Um, amidst the chaos that's going on in the world. Um, Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram by Srila Sanatana Goswami glorifies the Srimad Bhagavatam for what it is. It goes like this. Sarva Shastrabdipi Yusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O nectar from <clears throat> o nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems, of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kali Dvandoditaditya, Sri Krishna Parivartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master, Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya, Prema Varshakshadayate, Sarvadasavasevyaya, Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of Prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madeka Bando Matsangin Manguro Man Mahadana Manisadagamad Bhagya Mad Ananda Namostute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy. I bow down to you. Asadu sadu tadayin atini chuchata kada hanamun chagadachin mam premna rit kantayukspura. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya 
Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Okay, we've reached the second canto, second chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam, The Lord in the Heart, and Shukadeva Goswami is giving the nectar to answering the questions of Maharaj Prikshit. We're starting with text 23. The transcendentalists are concerned with the spiritual body. As such, by the strength of their devotional service, austerities, mystic power, and transcendental knowledge, their movements are unrestricted within and beyond the material worlds. The fruitive workers or the gross materialists can never move in such an unrestricted manner. Purport the materialistic scientists endeavor to reach other planets by mechanical vehicles is only a futile attempt. One can, however, reach heavenly planets by virtuous activities, but one can never expect to go beyond Svarga or Janaloka by such mechanical or materialistic activities, either gross or subtle. The transcendentalists, who have nothing to do with the gross material body, can move anywhere within or beyond the material worlds. Within the material worlds, they move in the planetary systems of the Mahar, Jana, Tapo, and Satyaloka. And beyond the material worlds, they can move in the Vaikuntas as unrestricted spacemen. Narada Muni is one of the examples of such spacemen, and Durvasamuni is another, <clears throat> is one of such mystics. By the strength of devotional service, austerities, mystic powers, and transcendental knowledge, everyone can move like Narada Muni or Durvasamuni. It is said that Durvasamuni traveled throughout the entirety of material space and part of spiritual space within one year only. The speed of the transcendentalists can never be attained by the gross or, tra or subtle materialists. Text 24 O King, when such a mystic passes over the Milky Way by the illuminating Shushumna to reach the highest planet, Brahmaloka, he goes first to Vaishvarana, the planet of the deity of fire, wherein he becomes completely cleansed of all contaminations, and thereafter he goes still higher to the circle of Shishumara to relate with Lord Hari, the Personality of Godhead. PURPORT The pole star of the universe and the circle thereof is called the Shishumara Circle, and therein the local residential planet of the Personality of Godhead, Shirdakashai Vishnu, is situated. Before reaching there, the mystic passes over the Milky Way to reach Brahmaloka, and while going there, he first reaches Vaishvaranaloka, the place of the demigod controlling fire. On Vaishvaranaloka, the yogi becomes completely cleansed of all dirty sins acquired while in contact with the material world. 
The Milky Way in the sky is indicated herein as the way leading to Brahmaloka, the highest planet of the universe. Text 25. The Shishumara is the pivot for the turning of the complete universe, and it is called the navel of Vishnu, Garbhatukashai Vishnu. The yogi alone goes beyond this circle of Shishumara and attains the planet Maharloka, where purified saints like Bhrigu enjoy a duration of life of 4,320,000,000 solar years. This planet is worshipable even for the saints who are transcendentally situated. Text 26 At the time of the final devastation of the complete universe, the end of the duration of Brahma's life, a flame of fire emanates from the mouth of Ananta from the bottom of the universe. The yogi sees all the planets of the universe burning to ashes and thus he leaves for Satyaloka by airplanes used by the great purified souls. The duration of life in Satyaloka is calculated to be 311 trillion 40 billion years. Purport It is indicated herein that the residents of Maharloka where the purified living entities or demigods possess a duration of life calculated to be 4,320,000,000 solar years, have airships by which they reach Satyaloka, the topmost planet of the universe. In other words, the Srimad Bhagavatam gives us many clues about other planets <clears throat> far, far away from us, which modern planes and spacecraft cannot reach even by imaginary speeds. The statements of Srimad Bhagavatam are accepted by great acharyas like Sridhar Swami, Ramanujacharya, and Balabacharya. Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu specifically accepts Srimad Bhagavatam as the spotless Vedic authority. And as such, no sane man can ignore the statements of Srimad Bhagavatam when it is spoken by the self realized soul. Srila Shukadev Goswami, who follows in the footsteps of his great father, Srila Vyasadev, the compiler of all Vedic literatures. In the creation of the Lord, there are many wonderful things we can see with our own eyes every day and night, but we are unable to reach them equipped by modern materialistic science. We should not, therefore, depend on the fragmentary authority of materialistic science for knowing things beyond the range of scientific purview. For a common man, both modern science and Vedic wisdom are simply to be accepted because none of the statements either of modern science or of the Vedic literature can be verified by them, by him. The alternative for a common man is to believe either of them or both of them. The Vedic way of understanding, however, is more authentic 
because it has been accepted by, by the Acharyas, who are not only faithful and learned men, but are also liberated souls without any flaws of conditioned souls. The modern scientists, however, are conditioned souls liable to so many errors and mistakes. Therefore, the safe side is to accept the authentic version of Vedic literatures like Srimad Bhagavatam, which is accepted unanimously by the great Acharyas. Text 27 In that planet of Satyaloka, there is neither bereavement, nor old age, nor death. There is no pain of any kind, and therefore there are no anxieties, save that sometimes, due to consciousness, there is a feeling of compassion for those unaware of the process of devotional service, who are subjected to unsurpassable miseries in the material world. Purport Foolish men of materialistic temperament do not take advantage of successive authorized knowledge. The Vedic knowledge is authorized and is acquired not by experiment, but by authentic statements of the Vedic literatures explained by bona fide authorities. Simply by becoming an academic scholar, one cannot understand the Vedic statements. One has to approach the real authority who has received the Vedic knowledge by disciplic succession as clearly explained in the Bhagavad Gita 4.2. Lord Krishna affirmed that the system of knowledge as explained in the Bhagavad Gita was explained to the sun god and the knowledge descended by disciplic succession from the sun god to his son Manu and from Manu to King Ikshvaku, the forefather of Lord Ramachandra. And thus the system of knowledge was explained down the line of great sages, one after another. But in due course of time, the authorized succession was broken, and therefore, just to re-establish the true spirit of the knowledge, the Lord again explained the same knowledge to Arjuna, who was a bona fide candidate for understanding due to his being a pure devotee of the Lord. How Arjuna understood the Bhagavad Gita is also explained. Bhagavad Gita 10, 12 and 13 But there are many foolish men who do not follow in the footsteps of Arjuna in understanding the spirit of the Bhagavad Gita. They create instead their own interpretations, which are as foolish as they themselves, and thereby only help to put a stum stumbling block on the path of real understanding, misdirecting the innocent followers who are less intelligent, or the shudras. It is said that one must become a brahmana before one can understand the Vedic statements, and this stricture is as important as the stricture that no one shall become a lawyer who has not qualified himself as a graduate. Such a, such, a scripture, such a stricture is not an impediment in the path of progress for anyone and everyone, but it is necessary for an unqualified understanding 
for a particular of a particular science. Vedic knowledge is misinterpreted by those who are not qualified brahmanas. A qualified brahmana is one who has undergone strict training under the guidance of a bona fide spiritual master. The Vedic wisdom guides us to understand our relation with the Supreme Lord Sri Krishna and, and to act and to acting accordingly I think that's a mistake. It should be act instead of acting. Okay. The Vedic wisdom guides us to understand our relationship with the Supreme Lord Sri Krishna and to act accordingly in order to achieve the desired success of returning home back to Godhead. But materialistic men do not understand this. They want to make a plan to become happy in a place where there is no happiness. For false happiness, they try to reach other planets, either by Vedic rituals or by spacecraft. But they should know for certain that any amount of materialistic adjustment for becoming happy in a place which is meant for distress cannot benefit the misguided man because, after all, the whole universe with all its paraphernalia will come to an end after a certain period. When all plans of materialistic happiness will automatically come to an end, then all plans of materialistic happiness will automatically come to an end. The intelligent person, therefore, makes a plan to return home back to Godhead. Such an intelligent person surpasses all the pangs of material existence, like birth, death, disease, and old age. He is actually happy because he has no anxieties of material existence. But as a compassionate sympathizer, he, he feels unhappiness for the suffering materialistic men, and thus he occasionally comes before the materialistic men to teach them the necessity of going back to Godhead. All the bona fide acharyas preach this truth of returning home back to Godhead and warn men not to make a false plan for happiness in a place where happiness is only a myth. Text 28. <clears throat> After reaching Satyaloka, the devotee is specifically able to be incorporated fearlessly by the subtle body in an identity similar to that of the gross body and one after another, he gradually attains stages of existence from earthly to watery, fiery, glowing, and airy until he reaches the ethereal stage. Purport Anyone who can reach Brahmaloka or Satyaloka by dint of spiritual perfection and practice, anyone who can reach Brahmaloka or Satyaloka by dint of spiritual perfection and practice, 
is qualified to attain three different types of perfection. One who has attained a specific planet by dint of pious activities attains places in terms of his comparative pious activities. One who has attained the place by dint of virat or Hiranyagarbha worship is liberated along with the liberation of Brahma. But one who attains the place by dint of devotional service is specifically mentioned here in relation to how he can penetrate into the different coverings of the universe and thus ultimately disclose his spiritual identity in the absolute atmosphere of supreme existence. According to Srila Jiva Goswami, all the universes are clustered together, up and down, and each and every one of them is separately sevenfold covered. The, mod the watery portion is beyond the sevenfold coverings, and each covering is ten times more expansive than the previous covering. The Personality of Godhead, who creates all such universes by His breathing period, lies above the cluster of the universes. The water of the causal ocean is differently situated than the covering water of the universe. The water that serves as covering for the universe is material, whereas the water of the causal ocean is spiritual. As such, the water covering mentioned, as such, the watery covering mentioned herein is considered to be the false egoistic covering of all living entities and the gradual process of liberation from the material coverings one after another as mentioned herein is the gradual process of being liberated from false egoistic conceptions of the material gross body and then being absorbed in the identification of the subtle body till the attainment of the pure spiritual body in the absolute realm of the kingdom of God. Srila Sridhar Swami confirms that a part of the material nature after being initiated by the Lord is known as the Mahat Tattva. A fractional portion of the Mahat Tattva is called the false ego. A portion of the ego is the vibration of sound and a portion of sound is atmospheric air. A portion of the airy atmosphere is turned into forms and the forms constitute the power of electricity or heat. Heat produces the smell of the aroma of the earth and the gross earth is produced by such aroma. And all these combined together constitute the cosmic phenomenon. The extent of the cosmic phenomenon is calculated to be diametrically both ways four billion miles. Then the coverings of the universe begin. The first stratum of the covering is calculated to, to extend 40 billion miles and the subsequent coverings of the universe are respectively of fire, effulgence, air and ether, one after another, each extending ten times further than the previous. The fearless devotee of the Lord penetrates each one of them and ultimately reaches the absolute atmosphere where everything is of one 
and the same spiritual identity. Then the, then the devotee enters one of the Vaikuntha planets where he assumes exactly the same form as the Lord and engages in the loving transcendental service of the Lord. That is the highest perfection of devotional life. Beyond this, there is nothing to be desired or, to, or achieved by the perfect yogi. Text 29 The devotee thus surpasses the subtle objects of different senses like aroma by smelling, the palate by tasting, vision by seeing forms, touch by contacting, the vibrations of the ear by ethereal identification, and the sense organs by material activities. Purport Beyond the sky, there are subtle coverings resembling the elementary coverings of the universes. The gross coverings are a development of partial ingredients of the subtle causes. So the yogi or devotee, along with liquidation of the gross elements, relinquishes the subtle causes like aroma by smelling. The pure spiritual spark, the living entity, thus becomes completely cleansed of all material contamination to become eligible for entrance into the kingdom of God. Text 30 The devotee, thus surpassing the gross and subtle forms of coverings, enters the plane of egoism. And in that status, he merges the material modes of nature, ignorance and passion, into this point of neutralization and thus reaches ego egoism in goodness. After this, all egoism is merged into the Mahatattva and he comes to the point of pure self-realization. Purport Pure self-realization, as we have several times discussed, is the pure consciousness of admitting oneself to be the eternal servitor of the Lord. Thus one is reinstated in his original position of transcendental loving service to the Lord, as will be clearly explained in the following verse. This stage of rendering transcendental loving service to the Lord without any hopes of emolument from the Lord or any other way can be attained when the material senses are purified and the original pure state of the senses is revived. It is suggested herein that the process of purifying the senses is by the yogic way. Namely, the gross senses are merged into the mode of ignorance and the subtle senses are merged into the mode of passion. The mind belongs to the mode of goodness and therefore is called devamaya, or godly. Perfect purification of the mind is made possible when one is fixed in the conviction of being the eternal servitor of the Lord. Therefore, simple attainment of goodness is also a material mode. One has to surpass this stage of material goodness and reach the point of purified goodness, or vasudha sattva. This Vasudha Sattva helps one to enter into the kingdom of God. 
We may also remember in this connection that the process of gradual emancipation by the devotees in the manner mentioned above, although authoritative, is not viable in the present age because of people's being primarily unaware of yoga practice. The so-called yoga practice by the professional protagonists may be physiologically beneficial, but such small successes cannot help one in the attainment of spiritual emancipation as mentioned herein. Five thousand years ago, when the social status of human society was in perfect Vedic order, the yoga process mentioned herein was a common affair for everyone because everyone, and especially the Brahmana and Kshatriya, was trained in the Vedic transcendental art under the care of the spiritual master, far away from home, in the status of Brahmacharya. The modern man, however, is incompetent to understand it perfectly. Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, therefore, made it easier for the prospective devotee of the present age in the following specific manner. Ultimately, there is no difference in the result. The first and foremost point is that one must understand the prime importance of bhakti-yoga. The living beings in different species of life are undergoing different terms of engagement according to their fruitive actions and reactions. But in the execution of different activities, one who secures some resources in bhakti-yoga can understand the importance of service to the Lord through the causeless mercy of the Lord, as well as that of the spiritual master. A sincere soul is helped by the Lord through meeting a bona fide spiritual master, the representative of the Lord. By the instruction of such a spiritual master, one gets the seed of bhakti-yoga. Lord Sri Chaitanya, Mahab Lord Shri Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu recommends that the devotee sow the seed of bhakti-yoga in his heart and nurture it by the water, watering, pro, watering of hearing and chanting the holy name, fame, and so on, of the Lord. The simple process of offenselessly chanting and hearing the holy name of the Lord will promote one very soon to the stage of emancipation. There are three stages in chanting the holy name of the Lord. The first stage is the offensive chanting of the holy name. Then the second is the reflective stage of chanting the holy name. The third stage is the offenseless chanting of the holy name of the Lord. In the second stage only, the stage of reflection between the offensive and offenseless stages, one automatically attains the stage of emancipation. And in the offenseless stage, one actually enters into the kingdom of God, although physically he may apparently be within the material world. To attain the offenseless stage, one must be on guard in the following manner. When we speak of hearing and chanting, it means that not only should one chant and hear the holy name of the Lord as Rama or Krishna, or systematically as the sixteen names, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. One should also read and hear 
the Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam in the association of devotees. This primary practice of bhakti yoga will cause the seed already sowed in the heart to sprout. And by, regular, by a regular watering process, as mentioned above, the bhakti yoga creeper will begin to grow. By systematic nurturing, the creeper will grow to such an extent that it will penetrate the coverings of the universe, as we have heard in the previous verses, reach the effulgent sky, the Brahmajyoti, and go farther and farther and reach the spiritual sky, where there are, in, where there are innumerable spiritual planets called Vaikuntha Lokas. Above all of them is Krishna Loka or Goloka Vrindavan, wherein the growing creeper enters and takes repose at the lotus feet of Lord Sri Krishna, the, ab the original personality of Godhead. When one reaches the lotus feet of Lord Krishna in Goloka Vrindavan, the watering process of hearing and chant and reading, as also chanting of a holy name in the pure devotional stage, fructifies, and the fruits grown there in the form of love of God are tangibly tasted by the devotee, even though he is here in, the, in this material world. The ripe fruits of love of God are relished only by the devotees constantly engaged in the watering process as described above. But the working devotee must always be mindful so that the creeper, which is so grown, will not be cut off. Therefore, he should be mindful of the following considerations. 1. Offense by one of the feet of a pure devotee may be likened to the mad elephant who devastates a very good garden if it enters. 2. One must be very careful to guard himself against such offenses at the feet of pure devotees, just as one protects a creeper by all-around fencing. 3. It so happens that by the watering process some weeds are also grown, and unless such weeds are uprooted, the nurturing of the main creeper or the creeper of bhakti-yoga may be hampered. Actually, these weeds are material enjoyment, Four, actually these weeds are material enjoyment, merging of the self in the absolute without separate individuality, and many other desires in the field of religion, economic development, sense gratification, and emancipation. Five, there are many other weeds, like disobedience to the tenets of the revered scriptures, unnecessary engagements, killing animals, and hankering after material gain, prestige, and adoration. 6. If sufficient care is not taken, then the watering process may only help to breed the weeds, stunting the healthy growth of the main creeper, <coughs> and resulting in no fructification of the ultimate requirement, love of God. Seven. The devotee must therefore be very careful to uproot the different weeds in the very beginning. Only then 
will the healthy growth of the main creeper not be stunted. 8. <clears throat> and by so doing, the devotee is able to relish the fruit of love of God and thus live practically with Lord Krishna even in this life and be able to see the Lord in every step. Hare Krishna. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. The highest perfection of life is to enjoy life constantly in the association of the Lord and one and one who can thus and one who can relish this does not aspire after any temporary enjoyment of the material world via other media. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Well, believe it or not, we're almost at eight o'clock. It's hard to it's hard to imagine, but it is true. Time, the wheel of time. All powerful. Okay. We'll finish our reading now and ask the devotees to step forward and uh, express their reflections of what we just read uh, and we'll discuss Hare Krishna. We'll begin with text 31 tomorrow. Hare Krishna Gopakanya Devi Dasi Hare Krishna dear Maharaj and all assembled sages blessed to be in the spoken kirtan of yours dear Maharaj Hare Krishna all glories to Srila Prabhupada well actually it's the spoken kirtan of Srila Prabhupada I'm just parroting Hare Krishna Thank you anyway. And from Rati Manjari. Haribo Rati. Jai Guru Maharaj. You are so welcome. Hare Krishna. Thank you. From Bhakta Christopher. Hare Krishna Bhakta Christopher. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Jai Sri the Prabhupada. Rai Kanu Devi Dasi Hare Krishna Rai Kanu Devi Dasi Hare Krishna dear Guru Maharaj please accept my humble obeisances all glories to Sri the Prabhupada mm. <coughs> Dasi says Hare Krishna Maharaj Hare Krishna Sudevi Dasi and from Chitraleka Saki Devi Dasi Chitraleka Saki Devi Dasi Hare Krishna Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, please accept our humble obeisances, all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you so much for providing a reliable daily shelter, the only real shelter in this world. Haribo. And from Radharaman. Radharaman, Hare Krishna. Dearest Maharaj, Please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Seems that last verse in purport resembles Madhya chapter 19, 
circa text 151 onwards your servant matter amount yes it's very very similar uh, when Lord Chaitanya uh, taught Rupa Goswami about the chanting and how the chanting be, should be done properly yes this uh, taking out the weeds and watering the, the actual plant and not watering the other bee, uh, seeds that are there, the seed of uh, fruit of activity, the seed of uh, intellectual speculation and other kinds of seeds, they get watered and, and at the time when the main creeper is watered, those also get watered because they're, they're there in the heart. And just as when we uh, water a plant, you know, we have to take the weeds out so the plant, plant grows strong. Because if you don't, then the weeds will take the water, you know, and the main plant will be neglected and wither. So yes, it's very similar to that uh, instruction of Lord Chaitanya to uh, Rupa Goswami regarding the chanting of the holy name, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Jagamohan. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, please accept my respectful obeisances. Hearing about all the higher planets and cities is a reminder of just how many traps and snares Maya has in her arsenal. Mm. I'm so very grateful to have somehow come in contact with the devotees. Thank you once again for making your association available to so many. All glories to Srila Prabhupada, all glories to Shukadeva Goswami. All glories to the daily reading. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna. Very nice reflection. Jagamohan Prabhu. Hare And from Anandamurti Devi Das. Hare Krishna Anandamurti. Dear Guru Maharaj and all assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. I found that it is very difficult to understand the yogic process of liberation. By hearing those descriptions, I couldn't understand anything. But at the last of today's reading, Srila Prabhupada explained about the Bhakti Lata Beach. It is very simple and easy to understand by the mercy of Srila Prabhupada. Thank you so much for serving Srila Prabhupada. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Yes, actually, the persons who are addicted to trying to practice the yogic processes in this age are they tend to look down on the devotees because what the devotees are doing seems very simple and almost simplistic to them. Uh, and Srila Prabhupada would res respond to such persons, well then why are you taking the difficult path? Why are you insistent on taking the difficult path? And he says it's because they think if it's difficult that means it must be better or it must be higher, or it must be more elevated, or whatever. But it's not a fact. The purification that happens for all these things results in the ability to chant Hare Krishna. And Lord Chaitanya has given us this process of chanting Hare Krishna and taught us to chant without offense, to get the same result. To get the same result of that intricate, you know, pr process of leaving the material world gradually through the uh, 
traveling through the different coverings of the universe and gaining subtle and more subtle and more subtle and more subtle uh, identity until finally it comes out the other side, the pure spirit soul. The same process can be attained by chanting Hare Krishna without offense. It's as simple as that. And once one actually submits to that idea and, and tries to chant without offense, he becomes free from all the pitfalls. And if you want to know what those are, you can read text 160, chapter 19 of Majalila, which is just nine verses away from the verse that uh, Radharaman referred to. And there it's described what happens uh, specifically if you don't try to avoid offenses while you chant the holy name, Hare Krishna. Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Hare Krishna Hare Krishna it takes a little time to type these masterpieces that's why I just waited <laughs> Dear Guru Maharaj please accept my respectful obeisances thank you for another deliverance of truth <clears throat> Tonight we heard Srila Prabhupada reveal the nature of the pure devotee in the purport of verse 27. Mm. Quote, he is actually happy because he has no anxieties of material existence, but as a compassionate sympathizer he feels unhappiness for the suffering materialistic men, mm. unless he occasionally comes before the materialistic men to teach them the necessity of going back to Godhead. Hmm. All the bona fide acharyas preach this truth of returning home back to Godhead and warn men not to make a false plan for happiness in a place where happiness is only a myth. Yeah, Srila Prabhupada expressed that by saying, uh, if you try to do the impossible, your life becomes very complicated. <laughs> Hare Krishna. And it's not possible in this age that we're living in to take to that uh, mechanical process of yogic manipulation of the airs and so forth. Hare Krishna. Hare Bharati. As I heard this, I could just imagine Sri the Prabhupada preaching to the people in the West. He is exactly describing his own activities. Startling. Startling, yes, that's the word. Yes. Precisely, Hare Krishna. Yeah, so why, why should we try to take the difficult path when we have the most 
superior authorities telling us that this is going to get the same result why shouldn't we I can't think of any reason offhand can you therefore take this process of devotional service without hesitation without resistance without doubt take it from the great Acharyas, Shugadev Goswami and his followers, Narada Muni, and so forth, Vyasadev. These personalities have proven by their practical example that, uh, the platform that they are living on. And just as we hear about our forefathers and accept them to be real, even though we've never seen them before, based on what our parents and grandparents and so forth tell us, so similarly we can understand the lives of the great Acharyas by hearing from the proper persons who are connected with them through this wonderful line of disciplic succession and get information of what is beyond our perception. It doesn't require experimentation. The, the solutions and the conclusions are already there. They simply have to be received, embraced and accepted and put into practice. Not so easy. <laughs> Even though some people think it's the easiest path, to do it strictly is not so easy because the material energy is so strong now and she's calling out to us all kinds of varieties of things to do to try to live in a world that is not meant to be lived in permanently to try to live permanently in a, in a world that is not possible to live permanently in in the same identity, same body therefore it makes perfect sense to accept the authorities follow in their footsteps try to the best of our ability according to our capacity to practice these principles and to explain them to others and to provide uh, opportunities for others to come out of, out of compassion I mean in our lifetime there's never been a time when it's more needed you know I came in in 1946 in this lifetime I just missed the World War II and it's been relatively peaceful although there's always been you know skirmishes and fighting and everything but nothing like what's going on right now in Ukraine so again we dedicate these readings to the devotees in Ukraine and to the people of Ukraine who are, tr who are literally being extinguished or they're, they're trying to be extinguished and we laud and feel inspired by their determination to, to fight uh, an unnecessarily vicious uh, enemy this is what Krishna asks us to do in the Bhagavad Gita to slash the, the doubts by the weapon of, of, of knowledge and rise up and fight against the illusion of material existence.
Hare Krishna, may we all learn the lessons from these hor- horrible events. From Rati Manjari? Yes, Rati. If I may ask a personal question. In my own tiny way, I also sometimes feel some compassion for others who do not have access who do not have access to this great treasure of Krishna consciousness. It drives me to reach out to others and try and share, even beyond my tiny abilities. <coughs> I do, however, notice that certain people I find difficult to deal with. For example, people who are suffering from depression. I do not know how to handle this emotion of depression, perhaps because my mother was depressed in my childhood. Would you have any advice on how to deal with depressed people or people who are severely suffering by old age? Well, there's a saying, all you can do is all you can do and all you can do is enough. So we all have different capacities and when a person is too debilitated psychologically we can't really expect them to understand the philosophy and voluntarily uh, give up their depression and come to Christian consciousness therefore the only thing we can do is exactly what you're doing Radhimanjari you go out and chant your, your on Harinam and bring other people to Harinam and we can see them dancing on the streets and maybe not all of them are depressed like you're talking about chronic depression and diseased depression but there's only so much we can do and we have to apply the philosophy so that we don't become depressed by seeing other people depressed that's the whole Gita, is Krishna explaining to Arjun why he shouldn't feel depressed, you know, even though it's out of compassion for his relatives that he's going to have to, you know, annihilate. So we, we have a capacity, we work within that capacity. If you try to work beyond that capacity, then you will feel st- frustration. But if you work within your capacity uh, and do as much as you can do, and you're doing as much as you can do by going out on the Haritam as, as much as you do and getting other people to come to the Harinam as you do, uh, this is uh, the most you can do for people who are that depressed. They don't have the capacity to, to, to receive it on their own. Therefore, distribution of prasadam and the holy name. That is the way Lord Chaitanya dealt, not just with people who were with, with acute depression, but just the general masses of people. General masses of people are innocent and misled, and therefore they have so many bad habits, and the only way to reach them, to give them a spiritual experience, is to chant Hare Krishna with other devotees in their ears. I don't know the techniques of bringing out a person who's in depths of depression. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't really seen anybody do it effectively, consistently, 
over a long period of time. Certainly not the psychologists and psychoanalysts and psychiatrists of the world. You know, they just make a whole bunch of money and they sit there and say, tell me about it. Interesting. What else? Very interesting. What else? And by just getting them to talk it out, sometimes they get a little help. Beyond that, I don't know what more can be done materially. Material solutions only have spiritual solutions. Material problems only have spiritual solutions. Sorry I couldn't be more specific. Hare Krishna. She says, thank you, Guru Maharaj. Yes, at least I should not become depressed. That is a very good point. About the Harinams, I heard that now in Belgium also they are starting monthly Harinam to the different cities, which is enlightening. Yes, and and you're heading that up. You're leading it. So you have to be satisfied by that. If you're not satisfied with that, what are you going to be satisfied with? Hare Krishna. Live in reality. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Samabeda bhakta brinda ki jai. Gaur premanandi hari hari bo. See you tomorrow night, same time, same place, same topic as Shukadev Goswami goes deeper and deeper into the science of devotional service. See you tomorrow. Hari Krishna.